Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. It's your girl AJ, the Suburban Princess, back from the back. It's been really um, a nice week and a half without stressing over plays and stressing over press conferences. And I'm sure the boys feel somewhat well-rested as much as they can for those who, who have been playing up to this point and those who have been nursing injuries for most of the season. I'm sure it's good to see them back. I know that um, I'm more happy than anybody to see Dallas Goddard return, um, besides my massive crush on him this season. Um and the fact that now I have a signed jersey. Thank you to Eagles Audition. Uh, audition. Hello. Eagles Autism Foundation. Shout out. Um, so I don't know if I even want to wear it. I think I just want to just have it draped on my my little chair in my room and just look at it knowing that he signed it. And anyway, glad he's back. And then Miles Sanders returning. Hopefully his hammies behave so that he can take off. And hopefully Travis Fulgham will not see less reps if Alshon Jeffrey is truly returning to the field tomorrow, which is yet to be seen. Um, I hope the Eagles don't do what they did with Melata sitting and JP coming back in his place for left tackle. Um, and hopefully if Lane does play, um, whoever was subbing for him uh, doesn't have to go back in if Lane's still not feeling good with his ankle uh, recovery. So basically this Restart with the Giants again, kicking off the second half of the season is not exciting, but I'm glad it's a one o'clock game because I hate waiting all day for them to play like they've been playing all season and no preseason or not. The Eagles have definitely undersold their goods for most of the season, minus the injuries. It's been the play calling and the the tag uh, game back and forth with uh, the coach and the quarterback that's been the issue. Both of them seem to be standing on their laurel. Uh, well, standing on their soapboxes about how they do their play calling as opposed to how they both decide to just operate in general during games. And it definitely is not gelling this year. Now, I personally think it was a mental setup um, since the draft, but I know that feeds into conspiracy theories and that's not cool. But I'm sorry, you can't tell me that Carson, whether or not he's a strong-minded person, doesn't feel some type of way about Howie getting a backup quarterback so fast when they had Nate. And at one point they had, um, who was behind Nate? I don't even remember who was, oh, well, I guess Jalen Hurts was supposed to be that third string. And even if they bumped him up over Nate, I still didn't think there was an issue of keeping Nate, um, you know, number two. I mean, worse comes to worse, you know, Nate knows how they play. So if Carson did go down this year, I would rather see Nate go further than he had in the last preseason game or that game before they went to the playoffs with Nick again. But the point is whatever the philosophies the Eagles have decided that they're eventually um, trying to think ahead, I guess, by getting Jalen hurts and giving Carson the ultimatum of, you know, sit up straight. I don't know what that saying is play straight, fly, right, whatever it is. But the point is they're trying to make the subtle to me, subtle, message that Carson is going to be Carson. And sometimes that just doesn't work for the team all the time. So we have to have, um, I guess, a version of training wheels for him and Jalen Hurts by being fitted into the plays as a decoy. And then sometimes a quarterback for a series, or not even a series, just a play. And then the sometimes running back, which sometimes doesn't always work. So my goal is, as a fan, is as I'm trying to be patient, as most of us are, is trying not to fall into that trap like I did in the third and fourth week where it just was kind of obvious that 
Carson was not playing up to his ability and didn't seem mad enough to me or anybody that he needed to improve. Now, mind you, he always says it in press conferences, and I'm sure he truly believes he does need to work, be better. But I feel like half of it is because he's not comfortable in the pocket long enough to feel he can be that sharp. And it could just be a mental crutch. You know, he just could be used to that protection. And then when they do give him protection, he's already had in his head, it's probably time to run. So the problem is none of these players have been in sync with him because they haven't played with him for a long time. But you're at a point now where it's week nine and you just run out of excuses. You just want to see consistency. You want to see running backs being running backs and tight ends blocking as well as catching. Um, if Alshon does join the crew, I hope that they decide to bench Hightower at least for the first half or something, because maybe starting Hightower is adding to the anxiety that he probably didn't expect in game time. I mean, he's caught two big balls, but he's also dropped a whole lot. And we all know that Aguilar was that person and then quickly uh, 180'd the following season. Now, the only difference is Alshon has been a, t- a subject off the field, And so much so that he's been off of social media because of what he may or may not have said about Carson or whatever. Now, mind you, I've decided to ignore all the rumors because I find that a lot of that stuff comes from a little hint of weakness that came out of someone temporarily for a game or two. And it was probably already dealt with before it got hot on the press because, you know, no one's going to own up to it because they know how it looks. And... My only beef with that is just with Andy Reid, none of that stuff ever got out. So I think with Doug, his personality is to treat them like adults and not be a shield for everybody, even if it is his quarterback from time to time. But I don't think him getting involved in trying to shut and prevent guys from, you know, flexing on Twitter or answering direct questions. I think it's too much for him. I don't think he can multitask like that. And I don't think he feels like it's his responsibility, which could be true. But you just got to wonder, like, what was Andy doing that made the players not, you know, dime each other out publicly that Doug has had nothing of since Carson's second or third year? Well, third year, really, because second year was actually his better year. But I just feel like there shouldn't be any other talk other than what what this team is supposed to have been by now. And... It's a shame that every year, if it wasn't the Super Bowl year, is the only reference we have for Carson playing straight, consistent, um, and productive. And, you know, a lot of people want to chalk it up to the injuries, but I'm more concerned that if it does involve any injuries, it would just be the one involving his concussion, because I do wonder if maybe the where he's placing the ball and what his thought patterns are is the main reason, but then so many times I've heard discussions on sports, you know, on sports radio on television and sports radio on the radio where that was always Carson's problems though, holding the ball too long, kind of throwing out of his way, not throwing it away. So even when he does do it, it's like the weirdest times, you know? And so again, we go back to probably every pot I've discussed this frustration with him and it's gotten to the point where even like I was done like week four or five, like I'm just we're like F it. He's not going to change. That's why they got Jalen, and that's why they want Jalen to be the future um, after Carson's contract's up. Now, maybe even before, who knows? I mean, the fact that they even start subbing him in plays that they thought was going to help, I kind of felt like that was annoying. And I think he does throw a nice, clean ball. But other than that, I don't know if they're just trying to promote him so that he could get a starting job somewhere or if they really are just trying to you know, send Carson a subtle message like, we can get this kid running fast too, just like you started, but... If you keep messing up, we're going to start losing faith in you little by little. 
I think Carson is the type of person that everybody deserves um, a second and third chance or whatever. But I also do think he is kind of leaning on his laurels that, you know, I'm the type of person I can come back from being bad. So I'm not worried about what anyone else else thinks. Um, And if he probably doesn't get that feeling from any of the coaches in general that he's, you know, on his last leg, maybe they don't want him to press. Um, Maybe that's why Carson doesn't seem any phased by now the whole Brett Favre comment about him saying that, you know, he thinks the Eagles should have just kept stay with Foles and this, that, and the third. Favre hasn't played football in forever, so he doesn't know what that's like. And plus, he didn't even want to leave when Aaron Rodgers was promised, you know, to be up and coming. So you can sort of understand his need to want to pull for the veteran, <laughs> you know. Coming from that kind of a of thinking, you kind of realize like that's the only reason why he brought up Foles. But, you know, again, he also expressed the same. Uh, frustrations that most fans have it's like how many chances are you going to get with this guy where he doesn't keep getting injured and or being a liability but I mean let's keep it real the thing that keeps people holding on for Carson is the fact that Carson fights back and he sometimes gets in a rhythm and stays there and then sometimes like this year he never gets going right away and some of it is his doing I mean you know throwing picks in the end zone you know throwing balls all over people's heads everything just missing missing more than usual And it's the timing of when he's missing too. That's really annoying because sometimes it can just, it can totally annihilate a great drive and nobody feels like sitting there watching Carson blow a whole series that was going good up until when he threw the ball. I just have anxiety when he doesn't, he doesn't throw at the right time. I just feel like there are times that they could just give another run series and then let him throw. And I think sometimes he gets happy with throwing after like one or two tries. And I just want to be like, dude, it's third down. Like just, hand the ball off. You don't have to be a hero all the time. Um, At this point now, though, I do honestly think that Carson is on this whole mission to prove everybody wrong. I don't think it's necessarily about the critics as much as as he's probably his own worst critic. Um, He probably is hard on himself when he's doing great. And that's the funny part. I mean, he must love the attention, but at the same time, I think part of him feels like, well, that's normal. I mean, that's, that's what I should be doing. Whereas when he's doing kind of shaky stuff, I think he kind of already has cussed himself out in his mind or maybe not. And by the time it comes to media, he's already ready to kind of deflect any kind of negativity because he's already beaten himself up. You can tell the games that he was frustrated last season because I think last season was definitely an indication of him pressing. And I think there was more emotion coming out of him and pouting that you didn't see last year than it is this year. And I think he also is a big probably believer of not really showing a lot of emotion, you know, as the scripture goes, you know, never letting the devil get a foothold. I I think maybe he feels like sometimes it's a weakness to let it out. He could just be an alpha male like that. Just, I don't like to show too much emotion. I don't want to feed into the drama, but I'm sorry. I mean, this team has found new ways to suck and yet at the same time, totally amaze you as how they come back and win games. Sometimes the wins have been, how, how did they even win that? So this Giants game tomorrow doesn't isn't a must win for me. I just think it'll basically say whether or not they've decided to just let the the game plan flow. You know, if it looks totally natural for Miles to get in between tackles, if it looks totally natural for Carson to throw to the tight end, if not the wide receiver in the end zone and they catch it for a touchdown, then I'll know they're not pressing. But then the trick is if they take off the break after the halftime and they lose the lead. And that's another part of the game that pisses me off because I can be totally comfortable with them for the first half and then be like, oh, they got this. And then as soon as I blink third quarter, they haven't made any 
plays or or gotten in any points, you know, until the fourth. That's the stuff I worry about. It seems like third quarter, they don't seem to uh, improvise well enough because at that point, your opponent kind of knows where you're going. So I feel like even the coaching staff needs to just throw in a trick play or two to kind of throw them off and then go back to their routine. Um, either way, things obviously need to shake up. And I'm sure that happens every year with every team. I mean, Lamar Jackson is becoming found out. The Ravens have lost already two major uh, O-linemen. So, you know, poor Lamar is still out there running for his life. But I think that there's a need for him to kind of deflect people who think he's no longer an MV- MVP type player already within a year. Um I feel like people like Lamar always come back on some level and I wouldn't be shocked if he's, you know, going second round in playoffs next year and uh, proving everybody wrong. So regardless of what you lose, I think it really does come down to chemistry and it comes down to whether your play calling is matching up with your quarterback. And if your quarterback's not exuding anything different or, or creating a different style of plays, it definitely goes back to the coach. And I do think Doug is a creature of habit. And I think he's stubborn that he will make a play work. Even if he has to lose a player, Um, he's going to probably bank on the fact that that play worked two games ago. So why not? Um, But the most positive thing about this whole upcoming game is that one, it's at one o'clock Two, we already know that um, most of the players who we've been aching to come back like miles and Dallas and, um, and well, Alshon, nobody really cared either way, but I personally am kind of happy just for the hype factor. I just hope I'm with most people who are probably thinking, please don't say he's taking away Travis Fulgham's reps. Um, I'm hoping the defense comes up even stronger. Um, Fletch has kind of been in and out a lot all season, but I do think he's still um, he's as strong as his other brothers on that line can be. So maybe sometimes him not always getting in there is a result of the chemistry of the guys who get hurt and leave and come back in later. So, I mean, I feel like both lines have had that struggle with consistency. So I kind of don't feel the defense has as much to take as far as blame as much as the O-line does. Now the cornerback situation safety still is a quandary. I don't know if the Eagles will ever really understand why they don't get that much talent. I don't have a problem with Avante Maddox, but I can see why people feel like he's been underperforming. But I also feel like once he got the ankle injury, I mean, does that really ever give you um, a boost, you know, for the rest of the season? Because you're always kind of technically nursing it. Um, it may not be in it is inflamed. It may not be that much of an issue, but, you know, speed, do you get off as, as much as you did before, before you heard it? Um, Dallas had an ankle thing too. So they only threw to him once um, on that last game before the bye. So I hope Dallas is able to separate himself because I'm obviously, I'm convinced that they decided to just keep him blocking for now while he's still recovering, you know, just getting back into the swing of the plays. But I'd like to see him get a touchdown, especially when they play Dallas again in Dallas. And I just, uh, yeah, I just want to see North North Dakota to South Dakota throws again in the end zone. That's what I want to see. I want to see Carson doing something crazy and throwing sharp, even if it's across his body. As long as it works, it's a cool throw. But in general, it's like, don't do it because you don't want him hurting his core again. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there's always potential for a great game, but there's always potential for the game to be great in the beginning and suck, or they have a chance to nail it in the fourth and they blow it. Um you just pray and hope that it'll end up being a really good game and a really good ending. Um, pray it doesn't go into overtime. Cause I feel like any game you go into overtime with your division opponent is, is bad. 
I mean, Cincinnati was a fluke, but Cincinnati is the reason why every game now this part of the season, you know, is mandatory. Um, seems like Carson is that type of person that is playing better against, you know, with his back against the wall. So let's hope that he can turn on what they did last season when they won all four games in a row that they needed. So there's probably, I'm sure, two more losses coming. I mean, let me see. I didn't even really look at the schedule the rest of the year, but and they play the Browns. Yeah, they play the Browns just before Thanksgiving, and they play Seahawks, and they play the Packers. Oh, Jesus. The Saints and the Cardinals. So, yeah. Let's just pray that they don't lose any more major people between now and December 20th <laughs> because the Packers game could go either way. I mean, it's also a 425 game. The Seahawk game, I hope, gets flexed because they don't need to be having a Seahawk game at Sunday night knowing, you know, the Seahawks will be probably at top form by then. And I don't even care if Russell has lost any major players by then. Seahawks are dangerous with him, period. So if he's down, it's another thing. But I don't wish any will will to Russell Summit, uh, Russell Wilson. He's he's amazing. And if it would be any kind of shocker of a game out of these next games coming, I would be shocked if they beat uh, either the Saints or the Seahawks. I feel like both of those games are must-wins for Carson's sake because I feel like he's never got a chance to really um, succeed at beating the Seahawks when he play- when he started. And then the Saints, obviously, um, the last time they played in New Orleans was, was a disaster and kind of probably the beginning of realizing that he probably shouldn't have been playing then because I think it became obvious his back issues with the fracture he had in his back. But either way... Um, these next, you know, couple games are no walk in the park and Seahawks are coming here again and we're going to Green Bay, which they won last year. But, you know, I don't think the same thing's going to happen like last time. And that was a fluke win. But at the same time, they played them pretty good. And the Saints, who knows? I mean, if Drew is, you know, has one of his games where he's overcompensating and the Eagles just capitalize like they should have did when that playoff game with a uh, Deshaun uh, Alshon, excuse me, coincidentally being the reason why they lost, not uh, catching that ball. But um, we'll see. I mean, the home games are no walk in the park. And then going to Arizona and going to Green Bay and going to Cleveland. Yeah, (laughs) not feeling too optimistic. But I know one thing, any impressive win against like the Seahawks or the Saints will definitely make me hopeful. Um, for playoffs. But again, um, Shantae and I, from uh, my girlfriend Twitter, we were just having a, a discussion on my five question series on YouTube, which are more than welcome to, you know, find me under birds of a feather. Hashtag five questions, because it's basically becoming a little therapeutic chat and chew with people, not even chew, but just chat um, just about life, five random questions. And, and I've been asking random people that I I know or want to get to know or cross path was passed with. I can't talk because I'm sleepy. So forgive me. I have crossed paths with, and at one time I've always wanted to pick their brain. So join me on that. And um, yeah, so these games are going to be not fun, but again, another shocker. If they win against the Seahawks, finally, that would be great. They could have technically almost won last year, even with Carson had nobody to throw to, you know, that was the game that, uh, well, I know JJ Arcega was at that point. He was still kind of in the play in the play calling, but not really actually effective. And um, the Saints game, 
was just going to be a mess from the door because I don't even know if the coach knew how to really coach that team at that time for, you know, it not being Nick starting. So, yeah. So these games are going to definitely be the end all be all of whether or not, um, you know, Doug and Carson can get back on the same page, you know, scheme wise, because obviously at this point I agree with most people. I do think that Doug just needs to break down and get an OC. Um, honestly, his decision-making too and play calling is, is definitely a liability. Um, and I think with Carson, I think that he has gotten to a point where he's overthinking everything now because he probably is trying to start over, start with a clean slate. But I just pray that he doesn't end up looking too um, skittish like he's been looking in the first half of games. And I definitely don't want him hurling deep balls all the time when he knows nobody's open. Um because at one point I think I was even questioning whether he might need LASIK or something on that last second last game. I know I was thinking like, I don't know where he's throwing that. So I'm just happy to see some guys back, but I really wish Deshaun could be back because I feel like the whole year was kind of a, a nail in the coffin for him and his career, because you just wonder if it's worth it for him to stay um, in football at this point. You know, he seems like he's, he's been very passionate about music and rapping and producing other rappers and other artists. And so who knows, he may be the next big producer in the rap game. But right now his, his legend is basically from past Philadelphia games because we've only seen his brilliance flash a little bit in the Washington game last season. And then this year, um, I think he only played one full game and then we know what happened, you know, his uh, injury either flared up or it was probably never fully healed or um, I think he was having hamstring issues again. And then obviously what happened in the Giants game, because they decided to use him as a punt returner, which was stupid. And he got uh, knocked upside the head by an incoming uh, Giants player and was not flagged for it, you know, because that's obviously head to head contact. And somehow it looked like he was hobbling on his, on his leg. So maybe the impact of him getting hit, um, created the high ankle sprain that he developed. So, and it probably wasn't good because they they decided to shut him down for the rest of the season. I don't know with, you know, the theory of him coming back makes any sense, but I don't see him wanting to continue football if he doesn't stay an Eagle and knowing that how the end, the preseason started before even any, any football started with all the controversy, you just wonder, did he kind of set himself up to, to fail? you know, just by being himself. I mean, he's always been somewhat controversial, but not really just not smart in some decisions he's decided to do off the field. Um, but it also proves to me that he's always been a, a player that's meant for the game, but I think he's done so much in so little time that by the time he came back here, he wasn't physically the same. And any kind of injury to him now is very fragile because it takes longer to heal. And I don't know. I mean, if I had my wish, I wish that none of that had happened. And I wish he could have finished um, at least a couple more games before they, you know, you know, he was sidetracked, but you know, whatever. I mean, at this point, the league is kind of cruel with how they can kind of quickly usher veterans out. But at this point, you've seen so many people come out of retirement and start somewhere. Like they just grabbed uh, Josh McCown in Texas. And since he was already living there and put him on the practice squad for the Texans. So either they're dreading, you know, Deshaun Watson getting hurt or 
they want his expertise and, and coaching ability, I guess, to translate to Deshaun because maybe Deshaun needs that guidance or, you know, the front office is already deciding, like, maybe he's not the one we want right now. But I don't know what the Texans do because, you know, it's not my squad. But I do feel like Deshaun needs to be somewhere else. I mean, they took away his main threat. And I feel like it's just not fair for some of these teams. You know, they have a great quarterback, but they don't have a great overall uh, group of players. And it becomes obvious that, you know, you're just this lame duck for another season. But I think Deshaun Watson is more talented than that in my eyes. You know, but you can't win them all. Um but going back to these dudes tomorrow at one, I'm just going to be excited to see some football, but I didn't miss the stress, but even the games last weekend weren't exactly that great. Um, I know Sunday night is going to be eventful because it's going to be Lamar against uh, Cam Newton, Patriots versus Bravens, which should be interesting just for the fact, obviously, two black male quarterbacks again against each other. But um, I mean, I'm riding with the Ravens, but I'm always pulling for Cam to come back because obviously he's really trying to rehabilitate his career. Um, But I think he's also been incredibly humbled by being on a squad that is no longer this number one squad anymore. And, you know, him priding himself on always being a winner in everything he does. He's not at that, you know, level right now. So Cam has been humbled in a good way. And, you know, Life always humbles you at at the best time. So maybe, you know, him being on the Patriots was a good year experiment for him to come back on some other team if if they decide not to stay with him. And, you know, I don't know, take him as a backup or, you know, have him start somewhere. You know, it could be anywhere at this point. I mean, there's tons of teams you probably should move on from their quarterbacks, but they probably won't. I'd like the quarterback in L.A. Chargers, but he doesn't have a great squad either. And they're definitely not getting any breaks right now with some of these calls because they should have at least two more wins. But, you know, but enough of my around the NFL (laughs) way of looking at things. Go birds either way. I don't care what happens. Obviously, I want to win. But this year has been kind of hard to ride with them confidently into every game and especially the way this season looks like it's going to shake out. So from this point on, you take any easy win you can get. I don't even know if they could beat the Browns, but we'll see. Um, I can't even remember the last game they played the Browns. And if they did, I think it was Carson's rookie year. And he, and I I think, did they lose? I can't even remember. Now I got to go research. But anyway, um, it'll be exciting from the, just for a different point of view, because they'll be on the road, but you'd also don't know if COVID is going to rear, rear its ugly head and move games down or push them off. Or for all we know, these guys could be playing into March next year. So you don't take any any play for granted, any week for granted. So I just say go birds, go team, go birds, get that win. Don't bore me. Play clean as much as you can. And please, coaching staff, do something new. Get some new tricks. You know, put your players in the best position to win for real, you know, because every new skill you probably develop after these weeks are probably going to help you in some of these big games because they've been tripping over their feet over the easy ones. So God forbid the rest of these games, they go down in smoke. So, but (laughs) cheers, cheers to another game. We're back from the bye and hopefully all of us fans will have something to cheer about after the game is over. So if you were still listening or if you weren't at all, it's fine. Thank you for tuning in regardless. 
Birds of a Feather, the Shagirl AJ's Suburban Princess. And, you know, if I feel like it, I'm happy of how they turned out tomorrow, I might just pot again tomorrow. And if not, check me out on the YouTube station. Um, it's under Birds of a Feather, hashtag five questions. Check it out. Sometimes you just want to see other people agonize and celebrate and laugh over stupid stuff. So just gives your brain a break. Thanks for listening. Take care. Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. It's your girl AJ, the Suburban Princess, back from the back. It's been really um, a nice week and a half without stressing over plays and stressing over press conferences. And I'm sure the boys feel somewhat well-rested as much as they can for those who, who have been playing up to this point and those who have been nursing injuries for most of the season. I'm sure it's good to see them back. I know that... Um, I'm more happy than anybody to see Dallas Goddard return um, besides my massive crush on him this season. Um, and the fact that now I have a signed Jersey. Thank you to Eagles audition uh, audition. Hello. Eagles autism foundation shout out. Um, so I don't know if I even want to wear it. I think I just want to just have it draped on my, my little chair in my room and just look at it knowing that he signed it. And Anyway, glad he's back. And then Miles Sanders returning. Hopefully his hammies behave so that he can take off. And hopefully Travis Fulgham will not see less reps if Alshon Jeffrey is truly returning to the field tomorrow, which is yet to be seen. Um, I hope the Eagles don't do what they did with Melata sitting and JP coming back in his place for left tackle. Um, and hopefully if Lane does play, um, whoever was subbing for him uh, doesn't have to go back in if Lane's still not feeling good with his ankle uh, recovery. So basically this restart with the Giants again, kicking off the second half of the season is not exciting, but I'm glad it's a one o'clock game because I hate waiting all day for them to play like they've been playing all season and no preseason or not. The Eagles have definitely undersold their goods for most of the season minus the injuries it's been the play calling and the the tag uh, game back and forth with uh, the coach and the quarterback that's been the issue. Both of them seem to be standing on their laurel, uh, well, standing on their soapboxes about how they do their play calling as opposed to how they both decide to just operate in general during games. And it definitely is not gelling this year. Now, I personally think it was a mental setup um, since the draft, but I know that feeds into conspiracy theories and that's not cool, but I'm sorry. You can't tell me that Carson, whether or not he's a strong-minded person, doesn't feel some type of way about Howie getting a backup quarterback so fast when they had Nate. And at one point they had, um, who was behind Nate? I don't even remember who was, oh, well, I guess Jalen Hurts was supposed to be that third string. And even if they bumped him up over Nate, I still didn't think there was an issue of keeping Nate. Um, you know, number two. I mean, worse comes to worse. You know, Nate knows how they play. So if Carson did go down this year, I would rather see Nate go further than he had in the last preseason game or that game before they went to the playoffs with Nick again. But the point is, whatever the philosophies the Eagles have decided that they're eventually um, trying to think ahead, I guess, by getting Jalen Hurts and giving Carson the ultimatum of, you know, sit up straight. I don't know what that saying is play straight, fly right, whatever it is. But the point is they're trying to make the subtle to me, subtle 
message that Carson is going to be Carson. And sometimes that just doesn't work for the team all the time. So we have to have, um, I guess, a version of training wheels for him and Jalen Hurts by being fitted into the plays as a decoy. And then sometimes a quarterback for a series, or not even a series, just a play. And then the sometimes running back, which sometimes doesn't always work. So my goal is, as a fan, is as I'm trying to be patient, as most of us are, is trying not to fall into that trap like I did in the third and fourth week, where it just was kind of obvious that Carson was not playing up to his ability and didn't seem mad enough to me or anybody that he needed to improve. Now, mind you, he always says it in press conferences, and I'm sure he truly believes he does need to work be better. But I feel like half of it is because he's not comfortable in the pocket long enough to feel he can be that sharp. And it could just be a mental crutch. You know, he just could be used to that protection. And then when they do give him protection, he's already had in his head, it's probably time to run. So the problem is none of these players have been in sync with him because they haven't played with him for a long time. But you're at a point now where it's week nine and you just run out of excuses. You just want to see consistency. You want to see running backs being running backs and tight ends blocking as well as catching. Um, if Alshon does join the crew, I hope that they decide to bench Hightower at least for the first half or something, because maybe starting Hightower is adding to the anxiety that he probably didn't expect in game time. I mean, he's caught two big balls, but he's also dropped a whole lot. And we all know that Aguilar was that person and then quickly uh, 180'd the following season. Now, the only difference is Alshon has been a, a subject off the field and so much so that he's been off of social media because of what he may or may not have said about Carson or whatever. Now, mind you, I've decided to ignore all the rumors because I find that a lot of that stuff comes from a little hint of weakness that came out of someone temporarily for a game or two. And it was probably already dealt with before it got hot on the press because, you know, no one's going to own up to it because they know how it looks. And... My only beef with that is just with Andy Reid, none of that stuff ever got out. So I think with Doug, his personality is to treat them like adults and not be a shield for everybody, even if it is his quarterback from time to time. But I don't think him getting involved in trying to shut and prevent guys from, you know, flexing on Twitter or answering direct questions. I think it's too much for him. I don't think he can multitask like that. And I don't think he feels like it's his responsibility, which could be true. But you just got to wonder, like, what was Andy doing that made the players not, you know, dime each other out publicly that Doug has had nothing of since Carson's second or third year? Well, third year, really, because second year was actually his better year. But I just feel like there shouldn't be any other talk other than what these what this team is supposed to have been by now. And it's a shame that every year, if it wasn't the Super Bowl year, is the only reference we have for Carson playing straight, consistent, um, and productive. And, you know, a lot of people want to chalk it up to the injuries, but I'm more concerned that if it does involve any injuries, it would just be the one involving his concussion. Because I do wonder if maybe the where he's placing the ball and what his thought patterns are is the main reason. But then so many times I've heard discussions on sports, you know, on sports radio on television and sports radio on the radio, where that was always Carson's problems, though, holding the ball too long, kind of throwing out of his way, not throwing it away. So even when he does do it, it's like the weirdest times, you know. And so, again, we go back to probably every pod I've discussed this frustration with him. And it's gotten to the point where even like I was done like week four or five, like I just were like, F it. He's not going to change. 
that's why they got Jalen and that's why they want Jalen to be the future um, after Carson's contracts up now, maybe even before who knows? I mean, the fact that they even start subbing him in plays that they thought was going to help. I kind of felt like that was annoying. And I think he does throw a nice clean ball. But other than that, I don't know if they're just trying to promote him so that he could get a starting job somewhere, or if they really are just trying to, you know, send Carson a subtle message. Like we can get this kid running fast too, just like you started. But if you keep messing up, we're going to start losing faith in you little by little. I think Carson is the type of person that everybody deserves um, a second and third chance or whatever. But I also do think he is kind of leaning on his laurels that, you know, I'm the type of person I can come back from being bad. So I'm not worried about what anyone else, else thinks. Um, and if he probably doesn't get that feeling from any of the coaches in general that he's, you know, on his last leg, maybe they don't want him to press. Um, maybe that's why Carson doesn't seem any phased by now the whole Brett Favre comment about him saying that, you know, he thinks the Eagles should have just kept stay with Foles and this, that, and the third Favre hasn't played football in forever. So he doesn't know what that's like. And plus he didn't even want to leave when Aaron Rodgers was promised, you know, to be up and coming. So you can sort of understand his need to want to pull for the veteran, <laughs> you know, coming from that kind of a, of thinking, you kind of realize like that's the only reason why he brought up Foles, but you know, again, he also expressed the same uh, frustrations that most fans have. It's like, how many chances are you going to get with this guy where he doesn't keep getting injured and or being a liability? But I mean, let's keep it real. The thing that keeps people holding on for Carson is the fact that Carson fights back and he sometimes gets in a rhythm and stays there. And then sometimes like this year, he never gets going right away. And some of it is his doing. I mean, you know, throwing picks in the end zone, you know, throwing balls all over people's heads, everything just missing missing more than usual and it's the timing of when he's missing too that's really annoying because sometimes it can just it can totally annihilate a great drive and nobody feels like sitting there watching Carson blow a whole series that was going good up until when he threw the ball I just have anxiety when he doesn't he doesn't throw at the right time I just feel like there are times that they could just give another run series and then let him throw and I think sometimes he gets happy with throwing after like one or two tries. And I just want to be like, dude, it's third down. Like just hand the ball off. You don't have to be a hero all the time. Um, at this point now, though, I do honestly think that Carson is on this whole mission to prove everybody wrong. I don't think it's necessarily about the critics as much as, as he's probably his own worst critic. Um, he probably is hard on himself when he's doing great. And that's the funny part. I mean, he must love the attention, but at the same time, I think part of him feels like, well, that's normal. I mean, that's that's what I should be doing. Whereas when he's doing kind of shaky stuff, I think he kind of already has cussed himself out in his mind or maybe not. And by the time it comes to media, he's already ready to kind of deflect any kind of negativity because he's already beaten himself up. You can tell the games that he was frustrated last season because I think last season was definitely an indication of him pressing. And I think there was more emotion coming out of him and pouting that you didn't see last year than it is this year. And I think he also is a big probably believer of not really showing a lot of emotion, you know, as the scripture goes, you know, never letting the devil get a foothold. I, I think maybe he feels like sometimes it's a weakness to let it out. He could just be an alpha male like that. And just, I don't like to show too much emotion. I don't want to feed into the drama. But I'm sorry. I mean, this team has found new ways to suck and yet at the same time totally amaze you as how they come back and win games. Sometimes the wins have been, how? How did they even win that? So 
this Giants game tomorrow doesn't isn't a must win for me. I just think it'll basically say whether or not they've decided to just let the the game plan flow. You know, if it looks totally natural for Miles to get in between tackles, if it looks totally natural for Carson to throw to the tight end, if not the wide receiver in the end zone and they catch it for a touchdown, then I'll know they're not pressing. But then the trick is if they take off the break after the halftime and they lose the lead. And that's another part of the game that pisses me off because I can be totally comfortable with them for the first half and then be like, oh, they got this. And then as soon as I blink third quarter, they haven't made any plays or or gotten in any points, you know, until the fourth. That's the stuff I worry about. It seems like third quarter, they don't seem to uh, improvise well enough because at that point, your opponent kind of knows where you're going. So I feel like even the coaching staff needs to just throw in a trick play or two to kind of throw them off and then go back to their routine. Um, either way, things obviously need to shake up. And I'm sure that happens every year with every team. I mean, Lamar Jackson is becoming found out. The Ravens have lost already two major uh, O-linemen. So, you know, poor Lamar is still out there running for his life. But I think that there's a need for him to kind of deflect people who think he's no longer an MV- MVP type player already within a year. Um I feel like people like Lamar always come back on some level and I wouldn't be shocked if he's, you know, going second round in playoffs next year and uh, proving everybody wrong. So regardless of what you lose, I think it really does come down to chemistry and it comes down to whether your play calling is matching up with your quarterback. And if your quarterback's not exuding anything different or, or creating a different style of plays, it definitely goes back to the coach. And I do think Doug is a creature of habit. And I think he's stubborn that he will make a play work. Even if he has to lose a player, Um, he's going to probably bank on the fact that that play worked two games ago. So why not? Um, But the most positive thing about this whole upcoming game is that one, it's at one o'clock Two, we already know that um, most of the players who we've been aching to come back like miles and Dallas and, um, Well, Alshon, nobody really cared either way, but I personally am kind of happy just for the hype factor. I just hope I'm with most people who are probably thinking, please don't say he's taking away Travis Fulgham's reps. Um, I'm hoping the defense comes up even stronger. Um, Fletch has kind of been in and out a lot all season, but I do think he's still, um, he's as strong as his other brothers on that line can be. So maybe sometimes him not always getting in there is a result of the chemistry of the guys who get hurt and leave and come back in later. So, I mean, I feel like both lines have had that struggle with consistency. So I kind of don't feel the defense has as much to take as far as blame as much as the O-line does. Now the cornerback situation safety still is a quandary. I don't know if the Eagles will ever really understand why they don't get that much talent. I don't have a problem with Avante Maddox, but I can see why people feel like he's been underperforming. But I also feel like once he got the ankle injury, I mean, does that really ever give you um, a boost, you know, for the rest of the season? Because you're always kind of technically nursing it. Um, it may not be in it is inflamed. It may not be that much of an issue, but, you know, speed, do you get off as, as much as you did before, before you heard it? Um, Dallas had an ankle thing too. So they only threw to him once um, on that last game before the bye. So I hope Dallas is able to separate himself because I'm obviously, I'm convinced that they decided to just keep him blocking for now while he's still recovering, you know, just getting back into the swing of the plays. But I'd like to see him get a touchdown, especially when they play Dallas again in Dallas. And I just, uh, 
yeah, I just want to see North North Dakota to South Dakota throws again in the end zone. That's what I want to see. I want to see Carson doing something crazy and throwing sharp, even if it's across his body. As long as it works, it's a cool throw. But in general, it's like, don't do it because you don't want him hurting his core again. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like there's always potential for a great game, but there's always potential for the game to be great in the beginning and suck, or they have a chance to nail it in the fourth and they blow it. Um, you just pray and hope that it'll end up being a really good game and a really good ending. Um, pray it doesn't go into overtime because I feel like any game you go into overtime with your division opponent is is bad. <laughs> I mean, Cincinnati was a fluke, but Cincinnati is the reason why every game now this part of the season, you know, is mandatory. Um, seems like Carson is that type of person that is playing better against, you know, with his back against the wall. So let's hope that he can turn on what they did last season when they won all four games in a row that they needed. So there's probably, I'm sure, two more losses coming. I mean, let me see. I didn't even really look at the schedule the rest of the year, but and they play the Browns. Yeah, they play the Browns just before Thanksgiving. And they play Seahawks. And they play the Packers. Oh, Jesus. The Saints and the Cardinals. So, yeah. Let's just pray that they don't lose any more major people between now and December 20th. <laughs> because the Packers game could go either way. I mean, it's also a 425 game. The Seahawks game, I hope, gets flexed. Because they don't need to be having a Seahawks game at Sunday night knowing, you know, the Seahawks will be probably at top form by then. And I don't even care if Russell has lost any major players by then. Seahawks are dangerous with him, period. So if he's down, it's another thing. But I don't wish any will will to Russell uh, Russell Wilson. He's he's amazing. And if it would be any kind of shocker of a game out of these next games coming, I would be shocked if they beat uh, either the Saints or the Seahawks. I feel like both of those games are must-wins for Carson's sake because I feel like he's never got a chance to really um, succeed at beating the Seahawks when he play- when he started. And then the Saints, obviously, um, the last time they played in New Orleans was, was a disaster and kind of probably the beginning of realizing that he probably shouldn't have been playing then because I think it became obvious his back issues with the fracture he had in his back. But either way... Um, these next, you know, couple games are no walk in the park and Seahawks are coming here again and we're going to Green Bay, which they won last year. But, you know, I don't think the same thing's going to happen like last time. And that was a fluke win. But at the same time, they played them pretty good. And the Saints, who knows? I mean, if Drew is, you know, has one of his games where he's overcompensating and the Eagles just capitalize like they should have did when that playoff game with a uh, Deshaun Qu- uh, Alshon, excuse me, coincidentally being the reason why they lost, not uh, catching that ball. But um, we'll see. I mean, the home games are no walk in the park. And then going to Arizona and going to Green Bay and going to Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> not feeling too optimistic. But I know one thing, any impressive win against like the Seahawks or the Saints will definitely make me hopeful. Um, for playoffs. But again, um, Shantae and I, from uh, my girl from Twitter, we were just having a, a discussion on my five question series on YouTube, which you're more than welcome to, you know, find me under birds of a feather. Hashtag five questions, because it's basically becoming a little therapeutic chat and chew with people, not even chew, but just chat 
um, just about life, five random questions. And, and I've been asking random people that I, I know or want to get to know or cross path was passed with. I can't talk because I'm sleepy. So forgive me. I have crossed paths with, and at one time I've always wanted to pick their brains. So join me on that. And, um, yeah, so these games are going to be not fun, but Again, another shocker, if they win against the Seahawks finally, that would be great. They could have technically almost won last year, even with Carson had nobody to throw to. You know, that was the game that, uh, well, I know J.J. Arcega was at that point. He was still kind of in the play in the play calling, but not really actually effective. And um, the Saints game was just going to be a mess from the door because I don't even know if the coach knew how to really coach that team at that time for, you know, it not being Nick starting. So yeah. So these games are going to definitely be the end all be all of whether or not, um, you know, Doug and Carson can get back on the same page, you know, scheme wise, because obviously at this point I agree with most people. I do think that Doug just needs to break down and get an OC. Um, honestly, his decision-making too, and play calling is, is definitely a liability. Um, and I think with Carson, I think that he has gotten to a point where he's overthinking everything now because he probably is trying to start over, start with a clean slate. But I just pray that he doesn't end up looking too um, skittish like he's been looking in the first half of games. And I definitely don't want him hurling deep balls all the time when he knows nobody's open. Because um, at one point, I think I was even questioning whether he might need LASIK or something on that last second to last game. I know I was thinking like, I don't know where he's throwing that. So I'm just happy to see some guys back, but I really wish Deshaun could be back because I feel like the whole year was kind of a, a nail in the coffin for him and his career, because you just wonder if it's worth it for him to stay um, in football at this point. You know, he seems like he's, he's been very passionate about music and rapping and producing other rappers and other artists. And so who knows, he may be the next big producer in the rap game, but Right now, his his legend is basically from past Philadelphia games because we've only seen his brilliance flash a little bit in the Washington game last season. And then this year, um, I think he only played one full game. And then we know what happened. You know, his uh, injury either flared up or it was probably never fully healed. Or um, I think he was having hamstring issues again. And then obviously what happened in the Giants game because they decided to use him as a punt returner, which was stupid. And he got uh, knocked upside the head by an incoming uh, Giants player and was not flagged for it, you know, because that's obviously head-to-head contact. And somehow it looked like he was hobbling on his on his leg. So maybe the impact of him getting hit um, created the high ankle sprain that he developed. So, And it probably wasn't good because they're, they decided to shut him down for the rest of the season. I don't know with you know, the theory of him coming back makes any sense, but I don't see him wanting to continue football if he doesn't stay an Eagle and knowing that how the end, the preseason started before even any, any football started with all the controversy, you just wonder, did he kind of set himself up to, to fail, you know, just by being himself. I mean, he's always been somewhat controversial, but not really just not smart in some decisions he's decided to do off the field. Um, but it also proves to me that he's always been a, a player that's meant for the game, but 
I think he's done so much in so little time that by the time he came back here, he wasn't physically the same. And any kind of injury to him now is very fragile because it takes longer to heal. And I don't know. I mean, if I had my wish, I wish that none of that had happened. And I wish he could have finished um, at least a couple more games before they, you know, you know, he was sidetracked. But, you know, whatever. I mean, at this point, the league is kind of cruel with how they can kind of quickly usher veterans out. But at this point, you've seen so many people come out of retirement and start somewhere like they just grabbed uh, Josh McCown in Texas. And since he was already living there and put him on the practice squad for the Texans. So either they're dreading, you know, Deshaun Watson getting hurt or they want his expertise and, and coaching ability, I guess, to translate to Deshaun because maybe Deshaun needs that guidance or, you know, the front office is already deciding like maybe he's not the one we want right now. But I don't know what the Texans do because, you know, it's not my squad. But I do feel like Deshaun needs to be somewhere else. I mean, they took away his main threat. And I feel like it's just not fair for some of these teams. You know, they have a great quarterback, but they don't have a great overall uh, group of players. And it becomes obvious that, you know, you're just this lame duck for another season. But I think Deshaun Watson is more talented than that in my eyes. You know, but you can't win them all. Um but going back to these dudes tomorrow at one, I'm just going to be excited to see some football, but I didn't miss the stress, but even the games last weekend weren't exactly that great. Um, I know Sunday night is going to be eventful because it's going to be Lamar against uh, Cam Newton, Patriots versus Bravens, which should be interesting just for the fact, obviously, two black male quarterbacks again against each other. But um, I mean, I, I'm riding with the Ravens, but I, I'm always pulling for Cam to come back because obviously he's really trying to rehabilitate his career. Um, but I think he's also been incredibly humbled by being on a squad that is no longer this number one squad anymore. And, you know, him priding himself on always being a winner in everything he does, he's not at that, you know, level right now. So Cam has been humbled in a good way. And, you know, Life always humbles you at, at the best time. So maybe, you know, him being on the Patriots was a good year experiment for him to come back on some other team if, if they decide not to stay with him. And, you know, I don't know, take him as a backup or, you know, have him start somewhere. You know, it could be anywhere at this point. I mean, there's tons of teams you probably should move on from their quarterbacks, but they probably won't. I like the quarterback in L.A. Chargers, but he doesn't have a great squad either. And they're definitely not getting any breaks right now with some of these calls because they should have at least two more wins. But, you know, but enough of my around the NFL <laughs> way of looking at things. Go birds either way. I don't care what happens. I, obviously, I want to win. But this year has been kind of hard to ride with them confidently into every game and especially the way this season looks like it's going to shake out. So from this point on, you take any easy one you can get. I don't even know if they could beat the Browns, but we'll see. Um, I can't even remember the last game they played the Browns. And if they did, I think it was Carson's rookie year. And he, and I, I think, did they lose? I can't even remember. Now I got to go research. But anyway, um, it'll be exciting from the, just for a different point of view, because they'll be on the road, but you'd also don't know if COVID is going to rear, rear its ugly head and move games down or push them off. Or for all we know, these guys could be playing into March next year. So you don't take any any play for granted, any week for granted. So I just say go birds, go team, go birds, get that win. Don't bore me. Play clean as much as you can. And 
please coaching staff do something new, get some new tricks, you know, put your players in the best position to win for real, you know, because every new skill you probably develop after these weeks are probably going to help you in some of these big games because they've been tripping over their feet over the easy ones. So God forbid the rest of these games, they go down in smoke. So, but <laughs> cheers, cheers to another game. We're back from the bye and hopefully all of us fans will have something to cheer about after the game is over. So if you were still listening or if you weren't at all, it's fine. Thank you for tuning in regardless. Birds of a Feather, the Shagirl AJ's Suburban Princess. And, you know, if I feel like it, I'm happy of how they turned out tomorrow, I might just pot again tomorrow. And if not, check me out on the YouTube station. Um, it's under Birds of a Feather, hashtag five questions. Check it out. Sometimes you just want to see other people agonize and celebrate and laugh over stupid stuff. So just gives your brain a break. Thanks for listening. Take care.